Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is episode four. Four wives, one house. Like two girls, one cup. Ugh. Insert your jokes here. That's it. So aside from the title... The episode description we have from TLC is, On Christmas Eve, Cody presents his plan to the family for all four wives to live in one big house. Janelle likes this idea, but Christine is against it. That's pretty pretty accurate. Wow. That's really making me want to tune into this episode. Right. I was going to say, not very exciting, but it's very medical, I think. So here is my alternate description. Cody forgets to buy his wives gifts for Christmas and shows them blueprints instead. Christine cures depression with a puppy. And Mary wants to pave paradise and put up a parking lot. That is, that's more accurate. It it makes me want to tune in. That's for sure. I think that'd be better. All right. So overall thoughts about the episode. You know, it was it was a little Christine heavy. I'm not saying that's a bad thing per se. It was Christine heavy. We were the, Mary heavy week one and week two. Right. You got to have an equal balance of power. I understand how it kind of gets laid Chanel out. Chanel heavy week three. Right. Christine right. is in her rotation. That makes sense. It fits. So that means next week we're going to have Robin. Maybe we could take a week off. <laughs> there will not be a podcast next week. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So my thoughts about the episode, it was pretty boring. We didn't really learn too much that was new, aside from just the fact that Janelle likes the one house idea. Right. Um, which I feel like maybe we kind of knew before, but she finally outright said it. The basic recap that I have of the episode is the Christmas Eve of destruction. Um, <laughs> it's going to be time to face some hard truths. Cody and Janelle want to live in a big house. Christine doesn't want to live in a big house. Robin doesn't want to live in a white house. And Mary wants to live in a house. So I think that kind of Mary wants to live in a separate house with a separate family. Right. Yeah. (laughs) A house, not necessarily on Coyote Pass. Not this house. Not this house, per se. You know, you guys can live in it. We open with Janelle arriving back at the cul-de-sac in Vegas, and it's set to music from a 1950s Western movie. Yeah, it was some it was some wild wild west music for sure, with a little acoustic guitar, some whistling going on. Yeah, I think it's because the the cul de sac's been empty for a couple months now, so they just got tumbleweeds rolling through the street there, and it just kind of fit the aesthetic a little better. Right. So she's rolling in there like Django or the Lone Ranger or something, yeah. and we find out that Janelle is the realtor for the houses, um, so that they can save commission. Which I mean. Smart idea, but also when you want to sell a house fast, you, of course, hire a part-time realtor who can only show the home two days a week. (laughs) 
Of course. And, and for a second, I thought I'd switched over to HGTV by mistake because we were doing a lot of buying and selling type of uh, talking with the open houses and everything and all the work that Janelle was putting in. And I, I thought that this season of Sister Wives could pretty much be wrapped up and, and summarized quickly with just one crossover episode of Love It or List It. And I think they could have just put that in the bag. Yeah, we could have cut this down to 30 minutes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Easy. It wouldn't have worked out in anybody's favor, but yeah, it'd be done. Yeah, list it. List it. List it, list it, list it, list it. List all of them. And then go ahead and put in our offer on this new house with four contingencies that we have to sell all four of the houses in Vegas before we move into it. No big deal. They'll accept. Yeah, David, we're going to list all four. Um, and we're actually going to buy the house that we can't afford. Yeah, Hillary would just be smashing through walls and be like, I need more money. Hillary, you ripped out my wet bar. So we are listing this thing. We're out of here. Out of here. That was a must have. Janelle is decked out in her New York and company, I'm a part-time realtor uniform, and is trying to sell her house and Christine's house at this point because Mary and Robin aren't even ready to list their houses yet. Yeah, Mary's house needs some cleanup and cosmetic work, and Robin's managing a bunch of small children at home and figuring out how to get her stuff. So I started counting on my hands how many children Robin has? Young children, yeah, small children. I was confused by that she has lots of small children. Because by my count, she has two small children and three teenagers who are technically above the age limit required to babysit said younger children. Yeah, and also Janelle gave her the benefit of the doubt here because she completely didn't even mention the Robin family reunion that's taking place at the end of October that was casually brought up a couple episodes ago. Right. We know the real reason why Robin's house has not been listed yet. You can see that Cody is starting to realize just how bad of an idea this is. Yeah, he's kind of counting up all of the payments that are happening and basically talking about how it would be impossible for him to manage these nine payments by himself. We all work together. We're all working. And I would actually really enjoy a recap of everyone's employment status. So then that way I can actually tabulate who is working in this scenario. Obviously, Janelle. That is an episode I want to watch. Oh my gosh. So obviously Janelle is working in this scenario because she has to. Right. Except for the fact that Janelle is taking time away from making money from outside sources being a realtor to try to sell their four homes. But is she licensed in Arizona? That might be... Oh, that's a good question. That might slow her down. So obviously this is the best use of her time because she would still be licensed in Nevada. Yeah, that might be true. So aside from Janelle, who we know has a legitimate job and has had a legitimate job, Throughout all these seasons. Mary. Mary's working in a multi-level marketing scheme. Which is kind of making money. Christine is doing the same thing. It seems like they're both pretty successful at it, but Mary, I think, is more successful. Okay. And then Robin. <sighs> what What the fuck is Robin doing? If it would be if marked down as mother as a full-time job, then I could see Cody giving her credit for that. My sister know. wife's closet has not been updated in about 40-something weeks now. I don't even know what that is. I'm new to the you show. Need, you need to see this hideous jewelry that she's been peddling to people. I don't think it doesn't appear that she's doing it anymore. So again, big question mark on what Robin does to contribute financially to the family. Right. Because casually, Cody mentions if they do roll these payments out too far, they'll be running out of savings and they won't be able to afford to live in Flagstaff at all. Robin pretends that she didn't hear Cody say that. And Cody says that every month they don't sell a home, he gets more negative about the fact that they're living in Flagstaff. Emphasis on the houses that don't even sell or the houses that aren't even on the market, which he has to drive home. He gets negative about living in Flagstaff because Cody's taking a taking a shot here at the, the wives who are holding him back from selling, which is Mary and Robin. More so Mary because he can point blame at her i guess he just hates mary in general so we're gonna go ahead and lay some blame there absolutely uh but let's remember that robin is the one who has a family reunion that's holding her home back from being listed and the fact that she left like half her shit there the day they moved yeah uh so if anybody's unprepared i would say it's her 
This is the part where Robin points out that plural families are resilient, and they're used to this kind of stress. Plural families get it. Normal families, monogamists, y'all wouldn't get it. They've gone through a lot of therapy to keep them from having mental breakdowns at this point. They're used to that. And Cody admits it causes a lot of emotional turmoil and stress, and at this point it costs them a lot of money. And I think that could probably just be Cody's biography title at this point. Next, we see this weird montage where Janelle's reminiscing on all the things that have happened in the houses over the years. And we see the scene of Maddie giving birth in her fucking bed. Ew. Ew. Yeah, I'm new to this show. Again, I haven't seen any of this crap, so it wasn't like an emotional moment for me because I haven't seen it. This is all new to me. And I was like, ew, I almost forgot that, but thanks for bringing that back to the forefront of my memory. (laughs) Speaking of ew, we got people walking through the house and uh, taking a look. Right. So we have these TLC planted prospective buyers roaming around these houses. And Janelle starts telling them, giving them the spiel on what they need to know. The highlight of which is that there are two laundry rooms and two sets of dishwashers, which is something everyone needs. Especially the single mother with the one child walking through the house right now. Must haves. It's on the list. So just... Don't even send me anything that doesn't have that. Janelle's worried that the family is going to think that she has failed, given the fact that she hasn't been able to sell either of the two houses that are currently on the market yet. And Christine is shocked that the houses are still on the market, which means that she actually believed Cody when he said that the market was extremely hot. And I just want to add a spoiler here. Anybody who's had a chance to go check out the Zillow pages for these homes, there is a different agent who is listed as the selling agent on all four homes. So I did not know that. I don't think Janelle does this for very long. Cody says he's terrible to do business with, especially as family, because he'll ask real questions about turning a profit. Robin makes a face that she clearly wants Cody to take notice of, because we're hearkening back to the days when Robin started My Sister Wife's Closet, and Cody wanted to know how the hell this was going to make any money. Because it sounded pretty damn stupid. Cody's ultimate test to determining a good marriage, he compared it to when people say if your marriage can survive a home remodel, it's a good marriage. But he tried to compare it to having your marriage survive a business venture. But I really only recommend using this test in relationships that have been established in religions where wives are expected to blindly submit to their husbands like this. Christine's not letting Cody's comment about not having a home because he didn't marry a wife from his hometown go and has pillowcases for Cody's birthday made that say, home is where your wives are. I LOL'd. Christine is picking up custom embroidered pillowcases and she is laying on the sass and I'm here for it. I am here for it too. Um, I particularly loved the sass in the comment of we wouldn't have to move if we were all from Lovell, Wyoming. And that poor boy has been wandering since he's left home. No wonder we've had to move so often. Lovell, Wyoming, population 2,360. So these are basically the perfect gifts for Cody's birthday. Can we also talk about Christine's glow up? She looks great in the scene where they're going to the printer. Yeah, everything that I've seen, uh, pictures that have been posted on Twitter recently and stuff too. Yeah, she looks great. The new house must be doing wonders for her. All that seclusion. Yeah, isolation is the oxygen mask we breathe in to survive. The order is, quote, one of a kind. And she told the printer their family's entire story. Yeah, there must be something in the water in that house because now we know I truly was spilling the beans in her school interview too. There's some truth serum running around. She got four moms. She got four wives. She got... Yeah, I thought that too. And then I also thought, you've been on TV for 14 seasons now. Everyone knows this story. Suddenly, we're in an episode of Big Love and we find out that Christine was raised to believe all monogamists were dangerous. Much like a cult... She was taught not to trust people outside of her community. I mean, I can understand why she gets nervous about it since this was something that her grandfather was arrested for and the family was displaced and they never lived together again. So, I mean, I get it. There's a legitimate fear there because she's seen the impact of it. But I was so bored that I missed the part where she said her grandfather was actually arrested. So thanks for, um, for taking note of that. So Christine's still at the print shop here and filling in the owner about, you know, I think we're I think we're going to settle here in Flagstaff. She still hasn't fully dedicated to it or committed to it in any way she's still tossing around the idea here even though they've moved and packed everything and tried to settle in flagstaff they're trying to and then the shop owner whose name we do not learn says we have a very eclectic group of people here in flagstaff so they just add to the mix no big deal no big deal 
Whatever. Moving on. This episode is very Christine heavy. Yeah, because it goes straight from picking up party favors for Cody at the print shop, and then we roll over to a Flagstaff puppy party. Mm-hmm. So Christine is coming back from Phoenix with a puppy for Gwen who fucking hates Flagstaff, just like everyone else, and yeah. needs some type of companion to get her through her depression. Yeah, Isabel has pointed out that Gwen is depressed. Christine's been worried. Uh, this is something that Christine thinks will help. Gwen's been asking for a dog for a while, mm-hmm. and Christine was able to get Cody to actually consent to allowing them to have a dog in this house. But first, Mary barges in and declares that she has a surprise. And she reminds us how thoughtful she is and how she makes it a point to be there for others. So here she is. Mostly when there's a puppy involved, though. She did admit to that, which we can't blame her. And honestly, I feel like Grandma Bonnie had a hand in this, too, where she was like, Mary, you got to get out of the house. We got to go. We got to get over there. Oh, 100 percent. The translation was Mary's mom made her come. While we're waiting for Christine to come in from the car, truly then takes the moment to host everyone who's in the house and visiting. And she admits and is slightly disappointed that she can't make dinner for everyone, but she can cut up some apple slices and serve them with caramel for everyone. Truly is the hostess with the mostess, and she's serving those apple slices and caramel to Mary and Bonnie, and she's like, I highly suggest this one because it's swimming in caramel. (laughs) And I feel like it's a low-key way that she's actually trying to teach Mary how to be a better hostess, too. I half expected her to recommend a wine pairing. Mm. Because how many times has Truly been over there probably trying to pack up a box or move something up the stairs and she's like, God damn, I just need a snack. I am famished. This child is about to start popping charcuterie boards out left and right. So Christine brings in the dog. Right. The dog has a bow stuck to its head. It looks miserable. It's shaking violently. It's freezing cold. Christine leaves the front door wide open so that the dog can just instantly escape. And Truly asks if there's a cat in the car, too. Truly stops service of the caramel and apples when she realizes that Gwen got a dog and that there's no cat in sight. Christine, welcome to your tape. So Christine goes in to talk to Truly because we're finding out that Truly hates dogs. Right, she has to talk her off the ledge. Right, she's very uncomfortable with this situation now. All I could see was there was so much shit balled up on the closet floor, I couldn't pay attention to the conversation. It was a good conversation, though, because Christine was exactly like you said. She's talking her off the ledge. She's bringing her down. And just because we have a dog now doesn't mean that we can't have a cat. It just means that we found a puppy first, and that's all. It was, but all I could think was this child will have no clothes left if they get a cat. It's just going to shred everything that's not on a hanger. Because it's kind of, it is sad though, because we get it. Gwen is having a rough time in Flagstaff, but truly is having a rough time in Flagstaff just as much, if not more. And now she gets to see her sister comforted by a puppy and she still has no cat. I don't know about you, but I'm taking a lesson from Truly because this is how I am now going to get to pet a dog at every party I go to. I'm going to act like I'm petrified and then say that petting the puppy is going to make me feel better. And it worked. She got really comfortable with that puppy. They named the puppy Noel. Which is why the puppy is crying. This is the way that everyone in anything named Noel gets their name. We cut to an amazing conversation on the couch where Robin talks about how she wants a perfectly trained lab. His name is Cody. <laughs> yeah, Cody is a big issue to get past uh, for a dog. And Janelle had this the best suggestion to just bring it home. Just bring it home. Fuck it. Yeah, whatever. Because then Cody then takes that personally and goes, of course, yeah, cause a rift in your marriage for the rest of eternity because he's a drama queen. Eternity. And then this was where the show kind of does a shitty edit here to throw Christine under the bus because it makes it seem like she did this against his will when it was very clearly laid out that she had approval from Cody to move forward with this. Right. I don't even know why TLC went out of their way to cut it like that because they already told us the truth behind it up front. So now we get to the Christmas Eve of destruction. It's Christmas Eve morning and they're at Christine's and all the girls are making breakfast for everyone. It's really boring. We learn that only the older girls get to participate and it looks like they're making like crepes and bacon and fruit. It looked like turkey bacon though. It was like shitty bacon. It was not appealing. Truly, who's too young to participate would have whipped up some gourmet shit. Caramel apples, anyone? Can I offer you an egg in this trying time? The plan is that they're going to spend the morning of Christmas Eve at Christine's, the afternoon 
at Mary's and then all day for Christmas Day at Robin's. Janelle shows up and Cody comes out to the car to give her a kiss and she pokes him in the eye with her sunglasses (laughs) and he says, kissing is always awkward for us, isn't it? Cody... Cody and Janelle are bad at kissing. They're bad at it. It's not good. Bad at kissing, good at fucking. Oh. Good at making babies. Nailed it. Not at the kissing. No. Pretty woman rules. Right. Not on the mouth. Mary astutely points out that it's hard to park all the cars at this one house. So she says that they need a parking lot on Coyote Pass. Which Cody admits he's been thinking about this and he has a surprise for everyone. He does. But at the same time, in that segment, he mentions the four houses. He says houses, not house. So he's still keeping it under wraps. I didn't even catch that. Oh, I caught it because I thought you fucking hypocrite. (laughs) So Cody's been prepping for months now. He's ready to present this to the whole family. And Mm -hmm. he's admittedly a little nervous. He's winding up for the pitch of the single home. He's getting ready. He's getting wound up. And he admits that the, the main reason behind this one big house idea that he's always had is because he wants the ability to see his children every day. And he also says, quote, it wouldn't hurt me to see my wives every day either. And I thought, well, I think it depends on which wives we're talking about here, Cody, because some of them probably want to hurt you. In a manipulative fashion, he's also hoping that the older kids who don't even have to live in the house Mm -mm. are going to help him to get their moms to go along with it. They're going to flash back and remember only the good times, like what Janelle did in the kitchen in Vegas. This is hilarious because Robin acts like she's never seen this house before and avoids even joining the family in the living room. Do the other wives know what's going on? Because I sure don't. She just starts pacing around the kitchen and looking at other things and pretending like she doesn't know what's going on. Yo, shocker, Christine is not happy about any of this because she's been saying for five years now that she doesn't want to live in the same house and we flashed back to that conversation at least three times this season already right christine can't even believe that this is happening right now okay so partway through this presentation quick assessment cody's trying to get a read of the room here and he was expecting positivity from the kids negativity from the wives from the onset that was what he was going into this with right it's not going well it's not going well Per se. Janelle is just laughing. Janelle, at least it's a positive reception. So, I mean, again, she was not I, forthright with I that. Yes, but when someone's laughing through your presentation. At, laughing at or laughing with. <laughs> I don't think that you interpret it as a positive sign. That's where it gets a little complicated, determining whether where the laughing is being directed. Mary isn't saying anything. Mary has turned in her opinion card a few seasons ago, apparently, where she's not allowed to voice an opinion until she gets together everyone else's reaction. Right. Not like he's looking at her to see her reaction anyway, but she's keeping silent. Yeah, it's, it's the safe move at this play. Speaking of safe moves, Robin has completely removed herself from the situation. She's not even in the room. No, Robin has vacated the living room. She's not with the rest of the family. She is just meandering around the kitchen, touching things, cleaning things, pouring things, looking at kids trying to pretend that she doesn't acknowledge or see what's happening. Cody then completely ignores assessing Christine's situation because he already knows she hates it. She's been saying it for five years. This is not going to happen. Do not put me through this. And Christine's just mumbling to herself that it's insane. She's getting steamed. <laughs> she's trying to be positive. She She's going to give Cody the respect of letting him get through this presentation before she annihilates it and rips it to shreds. So she's really trying to pace herself and just kind of tally up all of her talking points that she's going to get to. It does sound like she thinks that everyone else is going to rip it apart as well. Uh, So that's kind of unfortunate because I think that in the next few episodes, we're going to learn that Christine is kind of standing on her own in this camp. Yeah, but she doesn't even want to talk to Cody about this. No, hell no. She ain't going back. She's not going back. You can't put her back in there. She tries to let him know, hey, you can talk about it with these other three wives, but I'm out. I'm out of this conversation. No more for me. No mas. All done. Cody keeps calling everything in this house his. Yeah, that was weird. It was weird. And I think it was it mostly in reference to it's that main entryway, the the shared living room. No, he started the conversation by saying, this is my house. This is my living room. This is my kitchen. This is my. They were showing the exterior for that? Yes. Giving him the benefit of the doubt. Perhaps he thought, it's my house. 
because he has developed the blueprints, but it came across like... It wasn't a good look. It was not a good look. So we're dubbing this house, moving forward, the Biggie Housey, because I want a 90-day fiancé crossover. I demand it. It'd be the best for the ratings. It would. I want to see Larissa of the former Colty and Larissa Mm. up in this Biggie Housey. And we know she already has experience as a sister wife because she lived with Debbie. (laughs) And you would solve the problem with truly wanting a cat because Larissa could bring Cookie Dookie. Right. She's going to bring Cookie Dookie along and they're going to live in the Biggie Housey. It solves a lot of their problems. They could have stayed in Vegas and she could have just driven over. That's true. Yeah, they could have thrown her in the back of the Penske truck. Mm -hmm. At least it had air conditioning. Mm. This is like the fifth time we've seen this house and we've heard the entire explanation of why it's designed the way it is. So it was really boring to watch him then give the presentation. But it is the first time we've seen his wives react to it in real time. And this was also he was trying to pitch different things and the benefits of it, which for having months of preparation, it seemed like he was making most of those up on the spot because he was trying to talk about how in the shared living room, that's where you'll have this shared kitchen where the wives have autonomy in their own sections of the house. But hey, if the kids want snacks, you can come to Cody's fridge and get those snacks because then the wives don't get mad that you're rooting around in their fridge. But who would be buying the snacks for that fridge? That fridge would never have food in it. I kept thinking, who's going to clean this kitchen and Mm. this living room? Mm -hmm. Is everyone just assigned a chore chart and it's Mary's week, Robin's week, Janelle's week, Christine's week to clean Cody's quarters? Yeah, rotating schedule. So Robin then points out that she's never heard of a polygamous man having his own home. Um, She's heard of private bedrooms, which she thinks is BS because it's the, you signed up for this call and response for that. So taking a poll at this point, Christina is holding in her rage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary knows she can't even give an opinion, especially first, because like you said, she's forfeited that card. And if it's negative, she for sure can't speak up. No, no, no. Uh, Robin, again, like you said, is annoyed that Cody wants his own bedroom and she can't get over that. And then Janelle knows that she's the only person who likes it. So she's just keeping her poker face on. What question does Robin have? Why is it? white it's white but this is like it's like white why is the house white it's white god robin you can't just ask a living room why it's white robin's only criticism is the fact that the walls and some of the furniture is off-white no but carly it's all white it's all white we're looking at renderings reminder people this is a theoretical house at this point that she is complaining about (laughs) but it's all white all white, Cody? You went with this, everything white? This is the point where I call Robin's bluff. This mm. bitch has been over these plans a couple of times now. She had nothing else to complain about, nothing so she else. had to go she had to go on the design element that doesn't even exist yet because it's just a rendering. But it's like white. She's not happy with the white. She was like, hmm, what can I complain about in this house that I helped to design? Let me go against the fact that the house is white. So then we get to talk about some other issues with the house. As reality starts to sink in during Cody's presentation, where parking is always an issue with their family. And so they have to go in depth on Cody explaining that there's a 10 bay garage under the house. Which apparently is not enough. Again, confused because I'm doing a count of the number of people who are going to live in this home. uh, And I'm pretty sure that's more than enough garage bays. Yeah, Janelle likes to point out that they have more than 10 cars, but they have to be counting adult children vehicles in that equation. Oh, for sure. But Cody's not good at math. We've established that multiple times. They'll just just add an extension onto the home. 10 more garage bays, please. Mary foresees a traffic jam because she is a psychic. Right. Mary's first worry is how she can get out of there as quickly as possible. She needs her car parked towards the front. Escape route where you have to be parking front facing out so you can immediately exit in an emergency situation absolutely that's what she's pushing for mary's just gonna leave her garage bay door up at all times cody reassures everyone though there will be a parking chart and we'll have assigned spots because we all know how great the browns are with organization and sticking to plans right why are we even thinking about this at this point there's going to be a garage parking chart when none of the wives have even agreed to live in one house yet And did you know that Christine doesn't want to live in a one house? She's going to explode because she's trying to think of one positive thing to say about this presentation, and she cannot bring herself to do it. (laughs) 
best part of the episode is when they aren't even past the first few slides and Mary asks if he's open for questions. <laughs> Which is never a good sign when you're no. giving a presentation. No, and Mary at this point is on her fifth bottle of airplane tequila from the pocket of her <laughs> shitty hoodie. Right. Mary pre game to this Christmas Eve party. And she's just like, it's so beautiful. It's it really is beautiful, right? The Are you beautiful. open for questions? Right. Yeah. Okay, I have questions, but it's just you guys are Cody, you're so beautiful. Cody, where is the web bar? Cody, you have beautiful ideas. <laughs> but Mary's just sitting back. She's listening. She's she's biding her time. She's taking it all in. You gotta you gotta plan this out. You gotta plan this route of attack because again, from the read, maybe she's not into it. It doesn't sound like she's into it. Again, if you put a parking spot close enough to the front, maybe she'll be into it. Mm-mm. My my opinion, there is nothing but good things to come from this arrangement for Mary. He doesn't even come to her house at this point. You know, they're going out to Red Lobster like Mm. once every other month. So now he's going to be forced to live in a home with her. And it sounds like, you know, they're going to have a parking chart. They're going to have like a bedroom rotation chart because otherwise, you know. And Janelle goes into depth here explaining the different schedules and, and why autonomy is such an important factor. In this one biggie housey. Because there's different schedules. You know, Janelle's usually in bed by 9 p.m. She's up around 4 or 5 a.m. depending on the day. Robin doesn't go to bed till 1 a.m. And she doesn't get up until... uh, Janelle has to catch herself from saying that Robin sleeps in all day. But, you know, late morning? Right. Reminder, Robin, according to Cody, is contributing financially to the family. And, according to Janelle, taking care of many small children. Many. But sleeping in. So the walls will be blocked out, interior walls separating each mom's quarters. There's the reassurance there that Cody goes into. We know why it really needs to be soundproof. (laughs) Mary's not having it. And uh, Robin's got to put in some work. Cody sells another lie to us. He says that he isn't going to force this upon them. (laughs) Christine takes it as he's not ready to have this dream collapse down around him yet with actual real life criticism so please join me in my dream just a little while longer so we learned something new which was a piece of information that was withheld from us in the first few episodes which was that christine who didn't have a home for 12 days in episode one remember uh homeless christine i do remember she didn't want to stay with any of her sister wives while she was waiting to get into her house. So now we know Christine and Mary were racking up those hotel bills trying to avoid moving in with any one of their sister wives. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Christina's not going to give in, even if the other sister wives want the biggie housey. Right, because Christine tries to keep chiming back that the cul-de-sac in Vegas was perfect. It was their absolute perfect scenario that they could have ever wished for. And if everyone else is for this biggie housey and she's the odd one out, she's just going to speak louder, which, man, I wish she had that dedication before the move because that would have been great. Oh, yeah. She would have single-handedly saved this family from this financial hell. It would have been the best case scenario to just go ahead and shoot that down before it was even brought up. I cannot wait to see Christine fight everyone else on this house. Yeah, that'll be the next, like, three episodes, probably. Christmas, New Year's, Cody's birthday. So we're just beating a dead horse about this house at this point. Did you know that Christine doesn't want to live in one big house? The Biggie Housey is 13,000 square feet, and uh, I just wanted to add that I looked up the utility information on a house of 10,000 square feet just out of pure curiosity, 
And what I got was $10,000 a month. So uh, good luck. And also by real estate definition, it's a mansion. Mansion? It's a castle. It's a Cody castle. It's a biggie housey. Robin wants Cody to die in Flagstaff. (laughs) Not only is this mansion going to be 13,000 square feet. Robin. Oh, not Robin. You got me talking about Robin now. God damn it. (laughs) So not only is this mansion 13,000 square feet. Janelle goes into the math talking about how the Vegas homes combined square footage is about 16,000 square feet and all of their rentals right now are about 12. But I don't think that's a fair assessment really to go by the rentals combined amount because, I mean, Mary's house probably counts for half that total, right? Oh, yeah. Mary and Robin's houses are for sure driving up that number. Yeah, it's padded. It's stacked. We find out the real truth, which is that this house is a coffin because Robin wants Cody to die in Flagstaff. It's why she was into it before, but now she has to pretend like she's not, but she totally still is. Nothing would make Robin happier than if Cody was buried underneath the soil of Coyote Pass. Best thing I've heard so far. Just throw that plague soil up on there. (laughs) They're going to do a Viking funeral at the drainage ditch. They're going to put him in a uh, little canoe and shoot a flaming arrow over to him and then have it explode. We're not even going to get a coffin. Just just dig a hole, drop him in, put him under garage bay number 11. So Cody reaches a dangerous point in his presentation where he's deliberately ignoring people's hands raised for questions and he commits presentation sin. He starts to ramble stream of consciousness about how there will be drawbacks to this one biggie housey. Right. He forgot to enter notes into the slides of his PowerPoint because he goes way off script. And we get a real gem from him. He says, this place is my dream and my prison. And that's where everything starts to unravel. Everybody wants something from me all the time. It's just like all of you raising your hands right now. I need a break. Cody does not have access to shitty hoodie tequila. No. Cody could have used a Zanny. He could have visited... Mary's wet bar before he started this presentation. Pet Gwen's dog to lower his blood pressure. But like the uh, three-job working single mother he is, he needs a break. Christine has an ingenious plan, which is she's just going to keep her mouth shut and let Cody talk himself out of the biggie housey. Right, because Robin understands she's starting to recognize the cues here that this is how Cody talks on a regular basis when he has an idea. He says a lot of stuff that you don't need to take seriously, and he he starts off with how great this is going to be, but then, oh, oh yeah, these here's the shitty parts too, and I hadn't really thought about this, that, and the other, and um, oh yeah, this is going to be really tough. Yeah, red flags are just going up left and right for all the wives as they're watching Cody just go into like you said, the stream of consciousness and things are just coming out of his mouth. Word vomit. Cody is word vomiting all over this presentation. Psychic tension. And he can't keep anything straight. The one thing he can keep straight is that he wants a biggie housey, he wants his own house, and he wants a retreat cabin, a cabin in the woods, to go with Mary's house on Haunted Hill. Then suddenly we diverge into an entirely different conversation in this stream of consciousness. Oh no. Where Cody starts... Questioning whether or not... Spills the beans. Ariel is going to be the last baby. Oh, no. Or if they're going to have more kids to live up in this house. To which everyone goes, huh? Huh? What? Huh? Who brings this up at Christmas Eve during your shitty house pitch? I think he started to realize that, like, this is not going well. I am not getting an ecstatic reaction from everyone in the room. Mm-hmm. Divert to a even worse idea. Shift gears. Yeah. Soften the blow. And then come back to the house, and then they'll be into it. Because it's like, you know what? That that would be better than Robin crapping out some more kids, for sure. Oh, yeah. So Robin stops sorting through random shit in the kitchen and just freezes. Do you guys know what he's talking? I have no idea what he was talking about. Because at this point, Robin is likely the only wife who's able to become pregnant. Or willing to. Because Janelle's out and Mary's out on their own accord. Now, I have a bone to pick with Robin because we go into an aside where she starts talking about the kids being jerks to Cody about having more kids. Yeah, that wasn't a good move. No. Why would you call these kids jerks? And then she says, especially when they're not all your children. That's what I was going to say was she was mostly referring to Janelle's children who were having reactions on the couch. So then she says they don't know if Ari is going to be the last sweet little spirit waiting in heaven to join their family. 
the last sweet little jerk spirit. Yeah, again, not a good time and a place for this conversation. For Christmas Eve, the entire extended family, PowerPoint in hand. I don't think they had a slide for this. Can we talk about the Biggie Housie in more detail? Yeah, because I'm surprised that they didn't have a TLC wing. So for anyone who is not aware, if you go on Reddit, there is the exact presentation stills that Cody presented available in high res for you to enjoy. So we have the floor plan to the home pulled up in front of us. So first observation, this is clearly not a floor plan that's been designed by any professional. No, this is like PowerPoint slapped together. Guys. There are just random walls. There are crooked walls. There are walls that just stop. There are walls with no doors. There are random rooms that that don't have anything in them. Staircases labeled, but I don't know where they go. There are missing staircases, bathrooms without sinks. It's... It's mind-boggling. Yeah, I feel like Nate had a hand in this one. He was making suggestions last week. So, first point of confusion. I don't actually see a front door where you enter from, but... No, it's the swingy, swingy one's middle, bottom, like the big atrium. That's the front door? It's the front door, yeah, that's the atrium. Oh my god. All right, so forget there's no front door. There is a front door, it's just really small. There's not a big enough door on a biggie housey that's 13,000 square feet. You can't put a big enough door on there. There are more problems than the door. It's not to scale. So you enter. First thing that's confusing um, from the biggie housey, what we're assuming is the front door. Staircase. Brown square. So I reviewed the floor plan for the biggie housey and the rendering that Cody showed of the atrium hallway where there's just doors that lead to different wives' quarters. The staircase only goes up one level, which is the level of the atrium with the front door. And then we go down into Cody's area, which is the kitchen and the living room, which are, I guess you can call sunken, but they're, they appear to be on level one. I'm not sure what else goes on the rest of level one, because that is not what is depicted in the floor plan. Uh, to the right and the left, we have each of the wives' separate homes. Yeah, none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. So you enter into each of the wives' homes or the wives' quarters from this main level of the biggie housey with the front door. Yeah, I thought that Janelle's and Christine's were available from the atrium. So you'd have to he'd have to go up the stairs to the atrium and then go over to Janelle's or go over to Christine's. Maybe that's I don't know. I don't know what's depicted here. Brown rectangle square. But you can see the doors. You can see the doors from this level to Robin and Mary's home. Right. Their their access is from the living room, whereas Christine and Janelle's access is from the atrium. But why is it all in one level that we're looking at? I don't have those answers for you. I'm so confused, guys. So anyway, you enter into Christine's section. She seems to have everything in place aside from a washer and dryer, which are just randomly in the middle of the bathroom for the guest room. It's very European. They're not actually against any wall. They're just free floating in the middle of the bathroom. It's easier to get plumbing right in the middle of the floor. And then that way you just plug it right. It just drops right into the ground. Right on there. Oh, so you enter into Christine's master bedroom. Uh, and looking at her bathroom, she has a dedicated closet to her toilet, um, a spa bath, a large shower that resembles a scale. Does it connect directly to the guest bedroom too? Is that a shared? I don't think so. Um, but there's no sink. That's for sure. Mm, maybe you just use the, maybe they have a bidet and you just use you that. You just wash your hands in there. Yeah. There's also a strange closet by the front door when you enter that the wall just, there's a wall, but it doesn't, it doesn't actually enclose all the way. Maybe that's a staircase. It's like a, cl- I don't think so. I don't know. There's a door. Do you see there's the front door and then there's another door, which is presumably the closet door. Right. Um, but then the closet goes around and comes back down, but then there's no wall to finish it off. Yeah. It's like a Harry Potter nook under the stairs. The missing stairs, because there are also no stairs in Christine's area to get up to another floor. I don't know if they would need to go up from hers or if they would need to go down. Either way, they need stairs. There are no stairs. Stairs do both. Mysteriously, there are no stairs in this floor plan for Christine. So I'm not sure where her children are staying, 
but it's not accessible from this level. What's the landscaping going to be like around this house, too? It's not in the floor plan, but it's like if you're doing 13,000 square feet, that's that's a lot of outdoor to maintain as well as indoor. From the diagram here, it looks like it's just going to be all deck. All deck, but no doors out to the deck. No. Because nobody has access from um, from their particular quarters to be able to get out there. You just look at the deck from the living room through all the windows, floor to ceiling, from hell to heaven. Now going to the opposite side of the house, we enter into Janelle's area, which... The blue one. The blue one, which appears relatively normal until you get to Janelle's bathroom again um which is also missing a sink i think my favorite is just the sink that's randomly in the corner of her bedroom that's probably my favorite i think that's the dresser the gray no the gray thing that's the tub oh that's the tub that's the tub yeah but there's no separation between the bedroom and her bathroom there's no door to get to the toilet which is again in its own closet there is a separation but it's just like an open hallway she has no stove in the kitchen just a sink and a refrigerator maybe that's all she needs and there's just a bunch of dead space up by the front. Do you see that where they have Janelle written there? Yeah, like, is it a living room? Probably. There's nothing indicated. I would assume that's where a staircase would go. And Cody was... she also has no staircase. And she's got kids. Kids that are hopefully planning to live in this house, too. So, I mean, Cody, when he was talking about it, was talking about a room for each kid. He wants a place for these kids to come home to. No, fuck them. You got to go. This is like The Sims. You got to throw your hands up the air, turn your head each way, act confused, walk back out to the main staircase, which also does not go up another level, and do the same thing. Well, you can't build a house this big in The Sims because... They'll run out of energy going from one corner to the other one. They're right. not going to make it to They'll the family They'll never make room. it to the snack kitchen. No. They'll die before then. Yeah. They'll piss and stand in a puddle of their own urine. They'll never get out. It'll be an alarm to get to work and you'll be in Mary's corner of the house. Forget it. You're not getting to the car. They're leaving you. Right. The school bus is going to come and they're going to write you a tardy. The truancy officer is going to come up in here and just start popping kids out of this house. All right, on to Robin's area. Confusing again. Basing it off of, just just going off of the, the quick eyeball test here, it looks like Robin has quite a bit of space. She has quite a bit of space. It does appear that she might have the largest space of all of the wives' homes. Not only does she have a sink in her bathroom, she has double sinks. She has his and her sinks because this is where Cody is going to stay the majority of the time. That's a good catch. I would say that her bedroom is the largest because it kind of bumps out past the corner because it's not symmetrical with the rest of the house on Mary's side. It's like he took the extra square footage from what would have been her bump out and then gave it over to Robin. Right. She is the only one who appears to also have some square footage indicated in her bedroom, which, again, doesn't look accurate, but 46 square feet. None of the other wives have anything noted within their bedrooms. He knew he had to reassure her. She also has the largest walk-in closet. That is pretty big. And then the thing that really makes me think that this is all the hand of Cody Brown himself, for some reason, all of these bedrooms have different beds. They're different animated beds. You're talking about like the texture of the bed sheet that's being used on the, the little image here? Oh, they're all different. And for some reason, Robin's guest room or bedroom two also confusing because everyone else's bedroom too is called a guest room uh is checkered maybe that's cody's retreat maybe maybe it is cody's retreat that's cody's house he, he doesn't appear to have um a bedroom door either it just kind of it's a wall that ends and then it's open to the hallway again can't base it off where the walls are this is not to scale this is not a a blueprinted schematic that's been approved by the state. This is just from the innermost workings of Cody Brown and company. On to Mary's area of the house. So Mary does have a staircase because I guess she needs to quickly get up to the, the guest room, the one guest room that she'll have rather than the rooms of her, her children who are living in the home. Maybe it's a staircase right to the garage. 
That's the escape route staircase. It yeah. goes down, not up. She's got fire stairs. That's what she's got. She's got the rope ladder she can throw out her window whenever she needs. There's not too much to say about Mary's. There's uh, not much there. Mary's apartment, I'm going to call it, except for the fact that she also does not appear to have a stove. There's an odd closet situation. I'm calling it a closet. Behind where the refrigerator appears to be in the schematic, which also, if I'm looking at it right, it looks like there's, again, a crooked wall there. They're going all in on these corner tubs. Everyone gets a corner tub, and uh, Mary, no wet bar. Ugh, deal breaker. Nope. Mm -mm. That's deal breaker. We can only hope that in the future we will see additional levels of this home because I cannot wait to see what this murder mansion ends up looking like. Well, three cheers for sweet revenge. That brings us to the end of the uh, end of the tour. I think it was met with just about the same resounding shock and awe as what we're feeling right now. Cody has to thank everyone for indulging him in the presentation. And the general consensus from the kids right now is that they're kind of torn about it. Miss Vegas, don't like Flagstaff. No one is saying anything that's actually helpful or influencing any of the wives' thoughts on this. They're all just kind of, the wives are keeping quiet and preparing for the real behind closed doors conversation. And Robin does have a very Midwestern approach. So I can say that I did connect with Robin on a personal level where she wasn't sure how to feel about it. So she's just going to push those feelings way, 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 way down and not think about it right now. At least until the next episode, because we see the preview for episode five and Robin is blasting opinions left and right. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Oh, yeah. Everyone watches this show to hate on Robin. Absolutely. So we are pumped. Yes. That does it for season 14, episode four. Wow. We made it. Wow. Oh, my God. It's a miracle. A Christine Christmas. Christmas Eve miracle. <laughs> It was a little boring at the beginning there, not going to lie. A little slow, but then we did get to see the presentation, the Cody Castle, the Biggie Housey. And we'll get to see them beat that dead horse again next week. Have you heard the good news? You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by leaving us a review on iTunes. But miss me with that negativity shit. I don't need that in my life. Special shout out to Home Lawn Zombie Killer and Diane Full for being our first two official reviews on iTunes. Woohoo! Thank you so much. We really appreciate the support and all of the kind words. Don't forget to share the podcast with a friend. Make a PowerPoint presentation and tell your family about us. Corner someone in a polygamous parking lot and share the good news. Put a note into an airplane bottle of tequila with a link to our podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at surviving underscore pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.